This is Coach Lou Holtz, and you're listening to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast with Dr. Amber Selke, from the locker room to the boardroom. Dr. Amber is the best in the business at helping you and your team build the mindset that drive results. So lock in. If you can take just one thing away from today and implement it into your life, I know you'll be a better person and a better leader, coach, athlete, parent, or spouse because of it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast. This is your host, Dr. Amber Selking, where we are in season five entitled Mindset for Execution. Here at the Selking Performance Group, we are all about helping individuals, teams, and organizations understand and leverage the power of mindset and leadership. So how do you think? And then how do you show up every day for influence, right? To maximize your influence. And and how do we build mindsets that help drive execution? Because listen, at the end of the day, it's about being able to deliver when it matters most, even when it's really, really hard. Right. And so for the last several seasons, we've been working through ways to build your your mental skills, right? Your mindset, um, ways to build your leadership skills. And in this season, I really want us to focus on what does a mindset for execution look like, feel like and be applied like on a day to day basis with people from across a wide spectrum of backgrounds. And so last week we had the opportunity to hear from CEO Joe Magnaca, um, who runs the Massage Envy brand. And what an incredible experience talking about rethinking your brand identity. Today, I am thrilled to bring to you an amazing young woman by the name of Molly Bloom, who is a keynote speaker, an entrepreneur, and a best-selling author of the movie and book entitled Molly's Game. Molly is best known for her memoir entitled Molly's Game, which was adapted into an award-winning film of the same name by Aaron Sorkin. Bloom's memoir chronicles her journey from college student to LA waitress to building and operating the largest and most notorious private poker game in the world. Her games featured hundreds of millions of dollars in players like Leonardo DiCaprio, Toby, Toby Maguire, A-Rod, and Ben Affleck. Bloom began her career as a world-class skier, though, so she again has this intersection of sport and business. And so while she was actually training as a preteen, again, and I'm not just saying like a skier, she was an elite skier, and while training was actually diagnosed with severe scoliosis and had to undergo surgery that doctors said would actually end her athletic career. Because we're talking about mindset for execution, a year later, fully recovered, she went back on the slopes. That is a mindset for execution. That's why this woman is sitting with us today so that we can understand, Molly, how do you think? How do you process? How do you decide to just show up and bring it regardless of where you apply your knowledge, your skills, your ability, your talents, your time, and your effort? And so she actually wound up joining the U.S. ski team and at 21 years old was ranked number three in North America in moguls. Unfortunately, her Olympic dreams would go unrealized, but it did lead her on a very fascinating life's journey to, again, be running this crazy poker game that is now an award-winning film. And I am thrilled to have her here with us today. And so I am going to 
stop teeing her up, but she's so incredible. I mean, I just, I have to mention a couple of your awards, Molly, but you know, she, Molly's appeared on numerous shows and in the media outlets such as Ellen, Vice, Los Angeles Times, NPR, Vulture, and has been asked to speak at Fortune's most powerful women for companies like BlackRock, Financial, Sirius XM Radio, and actually delivered a, the commencement speech at Colorado State in 2018. So she is now really focused on building WeWork for female entrepreneurs. And, you know, she says that for years she built the Billionaires Boy Club, and now she's creating community for women to nurture their ambitions by really providing them with opportunities to collaborate and grow their business. And so without further ado, I'm going to bring on our amazing guest, Molly Bloom. All right, without further ado, let me introduce Miss Molly Bloom. Molly, thank you so much for being with us here today. I am thrilled to dive into this conversation with you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited too. So we're going to let you into a little secret. Molly and I literally just met today and we are sitting in a beautiful hotel room in Laguna Beach, California, overlooking the Pacific Ocean, sort of watching the sunset. It's rather romantic. (laughs) It's very romantic. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing like, nothing like bonding our friendship over a podcast. Exactly. (laughs) Podcast and a sunset. Um, I had the opportunity to listen to Molly speak this morning. We are both here with Jan Marini Skincare Research out in California at their annual sales conference. And Molly, I was blown away by the story that you shared today. Thank you so much for sharing. With that being said, why don't you share with our listeners a general overview of your fascinating story that is based off of, not based off of your life, but a book and a movie that has come out called Molly's Game mm-hmm. around your incredible story. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, so I was, uh, I skied for the US ski team when I was younger and I had a pretty bad accident and had to retire kind of unexpectedly. So I took a year off and I went to California just to kind of be young and be a kid and, and you know, be warm. And um, through a strange series of events, I ended up serving drinks at a high-stakes underground poker game that was populated by celebrities and politicians. And, and I had this light bulb moment, wow, a, a girl from Loveland, Colorado does not get this opportunity to sort of show up uh, and, and be around masters of the universe. Um, and that sparked an interest. And, and so cut to, you know, six to eight years later, I'm running the biggest poker games in the world. And I'm banking, I'm bankrolling, and, uh, you know, I, I'm the bank for them. I'm the owner-operator. And um, it was really exciting and a great adventure, but ended pretty dramatically and badly with getting arrested by 17 FBI agents and um, interfacing with the Russian and Italian mob and kind of setting my life on fire and burning it to the ground and needing a pretty dramatic solution. So, yes, you actually just heard all of that. She spoke so calmly and clearly about the events in her life and so succinctly. And yet every part of your story from becoming an elite skier to coming back from a severe back and neck injury to, you know, developing the largest poker game in the world at the time. Um, 
is all laced with this air of high performance, right? There is nothing that you've ever done in your life, Molly, that has been average, that has been mediocre. Like the good stuff and the bad stuff are all in, right? And that's what I love about the fierceness of your spirit. Um, But I think what I would love to hear from you is what is the mindset that you feel like you had at all of those different intersections, again, from sport to business to your relationships to coming back and and this redemptive story that you're living right now? What is the mindset that you've had that has driven that type of high performance? Um, I think it's, it's a couple things. I, my dad used to do these interviews with us when we were little, when we were little kids. And he did it surely so that we could watch as adults and eat our words, right? <laughs> and laugh at ourselves. <laughs> but there is this one year, and I had just had back surgery, and I had a, a full back brace that went kind of like from my chin to my hips. And I also had a headgear. You know those headgears? Yes. <laughs> like braces so very cute. on your mouth. And he, you know, I'm sitting there, and I'm being interviewed. I'm 12 years old. And my dad's like, what's your favorite thing about yourself? And I'm like, pretty much just that I have everything going for me. You know, I had this back brace and I had this headgear and I was very aware that I was not killing it that year, but I was so determined to not, to still be okay. And, and to, you know, I just, I guess from a very young age, I just had this inner drive to make my life significant. And sometimes, many times, it was kind of a fake it till you make it type of deal. Totally. And I think that here's what I love. When I, when I hear your story and I've, I've gotten to know you, I mean, we just spent the last hour just being high driven, high women, bouncing ideas off of each other, asking questions yeah. about one another's lives. And I've loved that time together. Um, but when I now, as I start to get to know you more, right, and I hear Molly's game, I mean, obviously that's been contextualized around this poker mm-hmm. gaming experience. But what I'm coming to learn and love about you and Molly's game is really that it's been the long-term game. It's never it's been the, the short-term game. So right. talk to us about what that means to you and what our listeners might be able to learn in their own journey of mm-hmm. life and excellence. I think it's so important to get to develop a really intimate and honest relationship with yourself. So, um, you know, for me, I knew that most of the things I wanted to do in my life, I was going to have to be patient. And, you know, a good example of this was when I burned my life to the ground and I kind of took a personal inventory of, is there, what's the one thing I have here that could kind of pull me out? I, I landed on that it was the story. And... You know, most people didn't want to touch this story. There were very powerful people that didn't want a movie made, didn't want a book written, but I really strongly believed in my gut that that was the right thing to do. And in the beginning, I had offers from people um, to kind of, you know, develop it. And they, they were, you know, some of them were notable. And I just knew what I wanted. So I passed, even though I had nothing, no one. I was living with my mother. I didn't even have a bank account. I just believed in playing the long game. I did not believe in compromising my values and my vision um, in, in a fear-based way. And I, I think what is so necessary for the long game is getting out of fear and getting into faith around yourself, um, around the world, that 
that, you know, that your plan's going to work. Talk to us about that because I was captivated by that part of your story today. And as I was watching the other people in the room listen to you speak, that resonated deeply with people of this courage to address fear, Mm -hmm. to sit with fear. Mm -hmm. Flesh that out for us because I think that's critically important for all of us to really wrap our heads around. Yeah. um, A lot of people, when they read my book or they see the movie or, or whatever, they're like, how are you so fearless? And I'm, it's really important for me to establish that I am not fearless, that I, I, I have fear, and sometimes a lot of it. But what I realized at a young age, um, it, through sports and through having a father who is a psychologist and was all of our coaches and understand, has seen in practice what a destabilizing, robbing force fear can be for people, you know, in accomplishing their dreams and success and, and really in relationships and everything. So we just weren't allowed to, to let fear kind of deter us. And, and so what I learned is that, that courage is not the absence of fear. It's doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. And then later in my life, um, I, I picked up a, a practice of meditation and what meditation has allowed me to do is, you know, if you have a daily practice of meditation and you and you just sit down for a allotted amount of time, all the things that you're not addressing or that you're trying to run from will come up. And for, for me, that's fear, that's self-doubt, that's all these things. And what I've found is that if you just sit with it, don't do anything, don't try to resist it, don't try to change it, um, it's almost like turning on the light and seeing that the monsters under the bed aren't really monsters, you know? I loved, and you just said it, but I want to reiterate it because someone asked the question today. Okay, so when you're meditating mm-hmm. and these things come up, mm-hmm. right, and they're mm-hmm. overwhelming sometimes, mm-hmm. what do you do with them? Mm-hmm. And your answer was? Nothing. You sit with it. Yeah. And that is so important for us to recognize that a lot of time, we spend a lot of time, energy, and attention running from or trying to avoid or trying to suppress yeah. these things because we're afraid of what might happen if we just right. be with them. Right. And the reality of that is when we bring things into light, they lose their power. They lose their power. There's um, this book that I read one time and it was, you know, there, there's a lot of different instruction around this. Um, <clears throat> and it said to ask yourself the question when you're sitting there and you're feeling uncomfortable and you're because you're in fear or something, can you bear it? And almost always the answer is yes. You know, yeah, I can bear this. I can do that. As opposed to just giving it so much oxygen and, you know, being catastrophic about it. I mean, we on a daily basis, we bear a lot worse, you know, than just kind of sitting through those emotions. Yeah, and so I love this. And I know this whole season, right, guys, girls, everybody, women out there listening to us, it's all been about, okay, how have people that we've worked with really applied the concepts that they've learned about mindset or leadership to drive performance, right, and and increase their level of excellence on a day-to-day basis? And Molly and I have clearly never worked together. But again, when I heard her story today, I knew that she is a byproduct of her mindset, of choices that she made on a daily basis when things were really good in her life and when things were really bad in her life. And so she is literally living, executing, applying everything that we talk about on a day-to-day, moment-by-moment basis. Molly, share with our listeners maybe something that from your experience, um, 
a mindset, a patterned way of thinking that you've had that has served you really well. I think the long game and playing the long game mm-hmm. is definitely one of them mm-hmm. of knowing that um, fear can over, be overcome by choice and mm-hmm. faith, mm-hmm. right? What's another mindset that you think has served you well? So I grew up with two extremely high achieving progeny brothers. One of them uh, is a Harvard educated cardiothoracic surgeon. The other one was world cha- uh, world champion skier at 19, two-time Olympian who then casually went from the Turin Olympics to the NFL combine, got drafted fifth round of the Philadelphia Eagles. So th- th- like starting at my dinner with my dinner table, I was never the smartest or most talented person in the room. And that caused me a lot of... Um, angst until I figured out that if I just got really gritty um, and if I just out kept going at that wall, I could make up that difference. And so when I get anxious and think like, oh, I can't do this, I can't do this, my antidote to that is, <laughs> well, I'm just going to keep doing it till I can, right? Because that's the truth. I was, I was never supposed to be able to do the things that I did. I had a fully fused spinal cord um, and I became third overall in North America in mogul skiing, you know, that made it all the way to the Olympic qualifiers. I was not supposed to be able to start and run the biggest poker game in the world at 23. I didn't even know how to play poker. I was, math was my worst subject, you know what I mean? And I had no idea how to run a business. But I just knew that, and I was not supposed to get an Oscar-nominated movie written about my life by one of the most prolific screeners. These things were not supposed to happen. And the only reason they did is not because I was so predisposed to making them happen. It was because I didn't give up. And for me, whenever I start to think, oh, mate, what if I can't? What if I can't? The answer is, I just will until I can. I love that. One of my favorite quotes is from Winston Churchill, never give in. Mm-hmm. Never, never, mm-hmm. never, never in yes. anything large or small. Big or petty, never give in, except that. to convictions of honor and good sense. Ugh. He's the, he is the man. I just have the chills all over. That's such an incredible quote, and I hadn't heard that one before, and I need to write that down. <laughs> and you and you live that. You embody it. But here's something that like makes me want to stand up and fight when I hear you say it, because I get like defender aggressive on things as well, is like you sat around the dinner table and didn't feel as if you were as good mm-hmm. as your brothers, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. My, another one of my favorite quotes is mm-hmm. that if 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 you judge intelligence by the ability to climb a tree, a fish spends its entire life feeling stupid. Got it. Love that. And like you were mm-hmm. being judged mm-hmm. on academics, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And athletics, mm-hmm. which by the way, okay, you know, you're pretty dang good at. <laughs> um, and so within that though, you were never like... I mean, it took you going through some crazy Mm -hmm. seasons of life to realize that like entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. is really how you were wired, Mm -hmm. right? right? Right. And that's where your genius lies. Mm -hmm. And and so I just want to encourage all of our listeners out there that whether it's you or whether it's the kids that you're coaching or the family that you're raising, like don't put people in a box, right? Like find their genius, whatever that is. Totally, that's so important. And liberate them to grow into the, like, the best version of themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I can't think of a more prolific gift that you could give somebody um, because we, we do try to fit into boxes and we're missing the whole point and we're missing the adventure and the passion. Um, 
Yeah. The other thing I love about your story, and we talked on it briefly, I'm not like a big like feminist bang the <laughs> wall kind of person, mm-hmm. um, but I do believe that as women, mm-hmm. um, and we can't, we need to better support and encourage each other. No doubt. Um, and that we need to continue to have courage mm-hmm. um, to step into places that may not historically have been for women Absolutely. for whatever reason, mm-hmm. um, but yet be able to do that in a very feminine way. Yeah. And I think I think that what another thing that I feel like we were resonant spirits in is sort of maintaining our femininity in very masculine spaces. I mean, I'm in football and business and mm-hmm. particularly manufacturing and, <laughs> you know, you were in, in the athletic world mm-hmm. um, and then in the poker world, which mm-hmm. I can assume is very, uh, the would you call it the billionaire boys, boys club? club? Yeah. How did you navigate that space as a woman? Yeah, I think... I think it's actually advantageous to come into an industry or a place um, with fresh perspective, right? Because then you're not really competing with all the people that have been there before. And I think when anybody who is the, the outlier comes in and tries to conform, they're missing a huge opportunity. And I'm with you. My brand of feminism is not supremacy, you know, it's, it's, it's moving the needle and, and, you know, having the world look more equal and representative of everybody. But I think, um, and, and I think uh, something that feminism kind of gets wrong is this need to conform to, to the sort of style, management style, coach style of whatever, uh, of your male counterparts. Bring your fresh perspective. I think femininity is a huge asset. I do not think it's a liability. I think it's a huge asset. We have a way of looking at the world that's very different um, in some ways. Uh, And I think that that has been such an incredible asset for me. I love that. And actually, and I know I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but if you were to look at like a male brain and a female brain, you could tell the difference based on where the gray matter is concentrated. Right. And, and so I think that we've been created that way, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that, that we can bring different perspectives yeah. and that diversity of perspective allows us to get to a better answer, a better solution. Absolutely. And so, you know, we want to encourage all the men and women out there. This isn't just a, a female conversation, you know, to, to be intentional about getting people in your sphere of influence on your team that have those differing perspectives so that we can take strides in, in solving better problems and bigger problems and having those answers be more holistic and complete than they would other, otherwise be. Yeah, it's, it's, it's truly advantageous for everybody involved. The other thing that I, I really want to highlight here, though, is it's not just about do you have a, a female on your team or a male on your team or are you a woman in a male space, but rather the only way that you're able to do what you did is if you're really, really freaking good <laughs> at what you did. And so building the competence, right, to go along with stepping into mm-hmm. these new and novel areas mm-hmm. is so so critically important. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about the intentionality that you had mm-hmm. to have mm-hmm. in getting really good mm-hmm. at the game but then managing the game? Sure. Um well, I know from sports and you know from sports that 
your performance, you know, when you're standing on top of that mountain, it doesn't really matter what you did five minutes ago. It matters what you did for the last five months, the last year. It matters what your daily actions have looked like, you know? I mean, I bet you anything we could look at Serena Williams' daily routines and, and see a champion. And, and it's, it's in those daily inglorious, disciplined moments that you either become a champion or you don't. You know, preach. Oh my gosh, I'm getting the chills right now. Yes, I love it. Keep going. I'm sorry. I just couldn't control that. <laughs> and so I think that creating these habits is critical. And sometimes people think that you have to blast into it with five hours of training. And for me, um, that, that, that's a non-starter. I have to start small and I have to build these habits and then I have to add to them every day and I have to keep pushing myself. But, but it's, it's in the starting small and staying with it that, that, that these seeds are really planted and, and, and born. And so for me, man, you know, when I'm standing on top of that run or I'm walking into a meeting with Aaron Sorkin, I better have done my homework. You know, I better have shown up honestly and earnestly um, in a way that I can be proud of and in a way that's prepared me for this. The second thing I think is don't think about things like everyone else has always thought about things. You know, I thought about this poker game as, you know, I really zoomed out. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, what do these people really want? You know, I, I, I know the basics of poker and I'm fine. I don't need to know anything more. What they want, what they're doing is they're coming in here and they want an experience. They want escapism. They want fantasy. And I'm, I'm going to build on that and I'm going to think about it from every single angle. I'm going to think about it from economics. There's a certain number, there's a buy-in that's going to bring them to that place without being too disruptive to, you know, their experience. There's a, there's a, a, a weight and a, and a material of chips. Um, you know, so there, there's a, there's music, there's smell, there's food, there's drink, there's, uh, it, you know, environment. Like I, I, I really zoomed out and thought about it from a, a 360 degree view and nobody was doing, I mean, Vegas was doing that for sure. Nobody in my realm that was running these games that was in their basement, it was, ha you know, sort of, there wasn't a lot of uh, attention paid to, the, uh, to the, whole, the whole environment. That is powerful. And we talk all the time, right? If you want to build a culture mm -hmm. of sustainable success, mm -hmm. it goes in the details. And yes. everything matters. Yes. Everything matters. Yes. And if you can create consistency between all of the touch points mm -hmm. that you have with that person, mm -hmm. it builds a brand, right? Yes. It builds that experience yes. that becomes very cohesive in a person's mind. And you know, whether it's the poker world or the mm -hmm. college football world, right. if you can create every touch point around your people, mm -hmm. right, that is consistent mm -hmm. and congruent with, mm -hmm. with what you're trying to create, they buy into that. Yeah. They get excited by that. They get committed to that. Yes. And, and it's powerful in building cohesion, mm -hmm. commitment, consistency. Community. Community, Yep. right? And so again, whether that's poker or your business mm -hmm. or your family mm -hmm. or your team, what are you doing to really think creatively about the culture that you're building, the environment that you're creating to build that sense of community? Right, and to make people feel like they are seen, heard, remembered, to make them feel special. You know, uh, if, it, if, if they get the sense that you are just all about the bottom line, and you're not willing to invest in a in a 
in a greater experience for them, that doesn't feel good. You know, I, I really think personalization and and the sense that someone has really thought and invested about their experience, their, their you know, their time is, I think, I think it's, I, I've never, ever regretted leaving money on the table to build something that takes, you know, that, that becomes um, a special experience for someone because then they want to come back, you know? That is simply incredible. I, I have loved our time together, Molly. Is there anything, so we have all of our guests offer some championship mindset training to our listeners, right? So um, every season, every episode, we end with you know, sharing, hey, here's some mindset training that you can do to become, be, you know, start building that mindset of a champion. So I'm going to ask you that question in a second. But before, before you share the mindset training with our listeners, is there anything that you want to end on or share or reflect on before we wrap up here today? I actually think my answer is going to be the same as uh, the, the mindset training because... Okay, perfect. Then yeah. just dive right into that. Yeah, because if there's one thing that has been the most incredible tool for me in, in life and in the pursuit of excellence and success, it's, it's meditation. And I was like, you know, in the beginning, I was like, how is meditation going to help me? Like, it's going to make me soft and hyper peaceful and I'm going to be like... <laughs> and we're these athletes yeah. and that's not how we function. <laughs> like, I'm going to be wearing these weird clothes and smell weird and whatever, but I have found that meditation makes you dangerous. Like you get so comfortable with yourself and with the thought. It's mind mastery. You know, if I'm an athlete, I'm training my body every day. If I'm a student or I'm starting a business, I'm, I'm training my brain. And I believe that meditation helps with mind mastery. It helps you just manage that part of you, you know, that, that it, that like, fears come up, self-doubt comes up. And if you can learn how to detach from that and how to not give that oxygen and just proceed with this very calm clarity, I think it, it just serves you in, in every category. So I would say meditation and I would say start small. If Particularly if you have an active mind, I started with 30 seconds the first day, a minute the next. And then I downloaded this app called Headspace, which is really guides you through it. And that if I, you know, I, I just, I can't, I can't tout it enough. Which is awesome. Um, Headspace is an awesome app. Yep. It has a ton of options on it. Um, and we actually have some performance scripts, guided meditation scripts also through Selking Performance Group that you can check out on the website. They're under the performance media tab under performance scripts. And these are just really short. There's only four of them too. So again, Headspace has way more options and variations, but it's a good start um, yeah. to get you going. Again, those are those performance scripts that, that Molly is talking about. And again, 30 seconds. You can do 30 seconds. Um, start small. And then scale up, like everything that, that Molly has shared today. If you have not yet seen it, get it, watch it, the game, Molly's Game, or the, video, the movie, Molly's Game, and then the book, Molly's Game. And she's working on a second book as well, <laughs> so stay tuned for that. Um, but you have to check out her story. It's powerful. And now you've got to hear more about the heart and the woman, the mind, the brain, the heart of the, the woman behind the movie. And so thank you so much thank for being here so with much. us. I'm excited to see how our lives will stay connected yes. and we'll see what's next for us. Awesome. Thanks, Molly. Yeah, thank you. Wow, wow, wow. Talk about a whirlwind. Talk about a life. I mean, how fascinating 
to go through the highs and the lows of the experiences that Molly has and still be standing. Listen, a mindset for execution does not mean it's always going to be perfect. We have to get over that fact, right? Execution can be dirty. It can be ugly sometimes, but it's about really setting your mind in ways that are taking steps forward and and not just with the end result in mind, but the process in mind of who you're becoming in that journey. What I've loved most about the opportunity of getting to know Molly over the last several months has just been her heart and her passion for execution of her own sense of identity, right? Of continuing to to flesh that out, to understand what it is, to figure out who she is and what she can bring to this world most fully herself. And, you know, some of her stories, she wasn't super proud of everything that she she did throughout the course of the gambling and the poker experiences, but she's navigated through that. She's on this journey towards best version of herself. And listen, that's a mindset for execution. I just hope that you were able to take as much as from our conversation today as I was and that we can all continue to build a mindset for execution. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast, where again, we are in season five entitled Mindset for Execution. Please check us out on all the social media platforms, uh, Twitter at Champ Mindsets, Instagram at Selking Performance, on Facebook at Selking Performance Group. And then as always, we've got a lot of free content on our website, www.selkingperformance.com. I'd really love to hear what you think about our new performance meditation scripts, which are again, either on the podcast uh, site or on your podcast app, wherever you listen to us from or on our website and how you're applying and using that to help reset your mindset on a consistent basis to continue showing up the best version of who you are, ready to deliver, ready to execute, ready to turn up in whatever space you're at. Thank you so much for being with us today. And from the locker room to the boardroom, I just want to challenge you to continue building your championship mindset. Brightview Medical is a patient-oriented medical healthcare organization with goals to improve the healthcare system by combining treatment and prevention methods to provide solutions that every patient can understand. By building their model of care on state-of-the-art imaging equipment coupled with blood, tissue, and urine analysis, they are able to establish where you are on the wellness spectrum. Once you are a patient, Their team is able to monitor your health year after year or as needed. They are currently planning on operating over 112 locations starting in every major NFL city. They are proudly new partners with the NFL Alumni Association to help bring their elevated level of care to former NFL players, their families, and everyone who is tired of the broken healthcare system in place today. To learn more about Brightview Medical, check out their website at www.brightviewmedical.com.